What's up, everybody? Welcome to Pace the Nation, broadcasting from the heart of Clarendon, Studio 1A. I'm your host, Chris Farley. With me today in studio, of course, is William E. Docs. Docs, what's up? What's going on? How do you like that intro music? It was good, man. Pearl Jam. I know you're a huge Pearl Jam fan, so I you were you were kind of rocking out. That was kind of cool. I was rocking out, but we also played Pearl Jam for a reason. That's true. And because they are a Seattle-based band. And? And we have Joanna Russo from Seattle today on assignment. Or actually, you're probably just out there visiting. What's up, Joanna? Hey, Chris. Hey, Docs. How's it going? Great. Yeah, if we if you say that you're on assignment, you could start expensing all of your... No, no, no. no. We don't have... Oh, should I, should I start keep... I'll, I'll start keeping all of my receipts. Uh, no. Uh, can we edit out the on assignment <laughs> part? <laughs> uh, we're not the big budget podcast yet. Not yet. But um, uh, in the future, you will be on assignment. This For this show, you're just visiting out there and... Um, on the phone. On the phone. So uh, excited to, to be able to make this technology work. Well done, Docs. A lot of behind-the-scenes work there to make it happen. Uh, so we, we are uh, going to continue on with our weekly show, even though she's out of town, which is really cool. And uh, I'm excited that you're actually out of town because uh, you can share some running stories there uh, from your Seattle trip. Joanna, we'll get into that. Uh, we want to get into some feedback from last week's interview with, with Matt Sensuitz. Appreciate everybody um, giving us feedback and thoughts on that. Um, also, Joanna wrote a blog post that uh, I thought was pretty interesting and came out yesterday, so uh, she can talk to us about that. And then we have a very special guest that hopefully Joanna is going to be able to track down here uh, in the next 15 minutes. No pressure, but <laughs> so she is on assignment. She no pressure, but we're hoping that she can track down a guest uh, from from uh, Brooks Running. I uh, won't lay you down. All right, well, good. Um, so last week, uh, good feedback, and um, so I wanted to start off with that from the interview. Uh, we had a few people chime in. We got Tim Morris who uh, chimed in over email. He said, "Yo, dudes." Great interview with Matt Sinchwitz on the Pacers podcast. Really enjoyed it. Great stories. I thought there were some great stories. I thought that was, that was, that was a good comment. Uh, so appreciate that, uh, Tim Morris. And we appreciate, again, uh, Matt Sinchwitz Sr. Uh, taking the time out of his busy schedule to sit down and talk with us. As you saw, he was about to jump on a plane, so uh, we really appreciate that because I think it really was a good show. Yeah, it, it definitely was. Others... Uh, Will Knox Instagrammed in. Uh, he said, got to tune in for this one. Uh, hashtag Centro, hashtag AU, special guest appearance by Edmund Burke, possibly. You know, Will, that's not a bad idea. Maybe we'll get Edmund Burke on the show in the future. And 
Uh, I already have the photo- photograph that we can uh, post you when do. we advertise it because he was out in London with us when we were that's, there for the Olympics. That's, that is true. Uh, Edmund Burke, a, a Masters Pacers running elite team member. Uh, he would be a great guest. Also, uh, Andred from Instagram messaged in. <clears throat> he said, did the interview bump up the rating to PG-13? <laughs> great and colorful guy. Look forward to the podcast. Uh, you know what? You know, just to pull back the curtain, we did censor him a little bit. He, he censored himself, yeah. too. He, he yeah. was aware that, that uh, the, the show is uh, uh, PG-13. Yeah, family program. Family program, I meant. Right. Yeah. And um, I think there was one point where he said that there's uh, different language in the book for the story he told. <laughs> uh, for Bruce, for the Bruce Jenner story. The Bruce Jenner story, story yeah. which I thought was, was, uh, was good. And uh, he did tell us the more colorful story afterwards i thought he got the message across and pretty funny story being that bruce jenner is so relevant in the news right now um so you know he he promised to be coach sensuitz promised to be on in the future so we um we'll probably take him up on that Uh, a lot of new followers this week on twitter docs what are we up to um 53 53 followers 53 loyal followers now i'm not going to count them up Every week, but you know, continue to spread the good word. Uh, that's probably the easiest way to find information on the show. For instance, Satya Morthy, yep. and and I apologize if I'm not saying the name right, uh, is spreading the good word. Uh, sent a message on Twitter to Dan Whalen uh, suggesting uh, he check out the show, and we appreciate the uh, word of mouth. Yeah, it's good. It's at it's at Pace the Nation. Uh, so Satya has been a follower from the beginning and, and has spread the gospel on uh, Twitter. So thank you for that. You know, a number of other other uh, Twitter followers, and again, I'm not going to read them every week, but I just want to give, sh- give them some shine because we do appreciate uh, these early followers and early listeners of the show, uh, including CT underscore McGee, who saw the picture on Twitter of all of us together with Matt Sensuitz. Uh, he commented that I thought uh, Joanna and Run Pacer, um, me, always wore the matching shirts. Uh, pretty funny line there. No, um, I think I had a jacket on. You had a white shirt on, so not that time. But um, yeah. are you wearing a gray shirt now? I can't see. Are you wearing a gray shirt now? Um, I actually am not. No, I'm oh, wearing okay. green. Okay. I don't believe it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And again, uh, other followers, uh, Andrew Corbin tweeted in, he was highly anticipating our show episode seven, and he hashtag master's degree and boost your run. Of course, he's one of the Adidas reps that follows us. A uh, number, number of new followers, including Chad Young, who we know uh, he used to run for Coach Sensuitz and is a coach over in Montgomery County. We appreciate his follow. Uh, the NCR Trail Marathon following us, so even marathons out there following us. So that was, um, it's pretty good to get some traction on Twitter, and we su- appreciate your support at Pace the Nation. Uh, finally, our, our boy uh, Kevin King commented in and said that it actually takes 21 days to make a habit. Um, Care to comment, Joanna? He's calling you out. <laughs> Um, well, what is 21 days? Didn't I say, did I say two weeks or three weeks? You said two weeks. It takes two weeks to form a habit, and and he claims it takes three. 
right. Well, we can do some studies and see who's right. Right. <laughs> or we could split the difference. <laughs> I think it varies by individual, so maybe it's two and a half weeks. Split the difference. That's that's very diplomatic of you. Yeah. Well, and and of course, you you can uh, reference back for those who haven't listened to previous shows to what you're talking about building a habit, right, Joanna? What shed some light on that for us? So when you're talking about forming habits, typically it's like two weeks of consistency. So if you're like trying to stop biting your nails, if you don't bite your nails for two weeks, then you won't bite your nails anymore. If you're trying to get up at 6 a.m. like our listener Tim was trying to, then in two weeks, if you're getting up at 6 a.m. every day, then you should be, it should be habit in two mm-hmm. weeks. But I guess for some people, maybe it's three weeks. <laughs> so it takes, it takes your average person two weeks to form a habit, but then it takes Kevin King three, to, three weeks to form a habit. Is that what you're saying? That's, well, that's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a shot at Kevin King. Well, uh, he's always he's always talking about our sound levels. So that's true. Fair so. enough. Um, so that was our feedback from this week. Uh, unless we had anything to the mailbag, uh, I didn't have anything. In, no in, submissions. In the electronic mailbag. No, uh, no and unfortunately, Joanna's not at the store to check uh, the mailbox. <laughs> well. We do encourage submissions into the mailbag. Uh, you can email Joanna at Joanna at runpacers.com. You can tweet us at Pace the Nation. Uh, and, of course, you can always mail uh, through the U.S. Postal Service to 3100 Clarendon Boulevard, and Joanna will pick up the uh, the letter there and read it on air. So uh, just, just don't forget to put a stamp on it. Right. All right, Joanna, so you wrote a blog this week on the Run Pacers site. It was called All, mm-hmm. All in a Day's Eats, and uh, I thought it was, a, it, was a, uh, it was a good blog with accompanying pictures. So talk to us about your blog. So I wrote an article about, well, I was given the topic of nutrition, which I wanted, but then I realized that nutrition is a huge topic, and I didn't really know where to begin. So I thought I would share with our blog readers what I eat on an average day, um, because a lot of people don't really think about nutrition as part of their training. Um, like I think I see in the blog, you know, you, n- nobody ever really talks about like their ratio of protein to carbs in a meal, and, and people mostly don't keep a log of what they eat mm-hmm. and I don't think it's necessary to keep a nutrition log but it's definitely helpful to think about what you're eating um, so I did a blog post on what I eat in an average state compared to what my activity level is now your activity level and this was an average day I believe um, was a lot of activity <laughs> um, is, when, is, 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 is really is that typical well, for me, it is um, because I typically I run and then I commute my bike to Clarendon. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I go to the dog park with my dog, I typically, if there's nobody there, then I do um, like walking lenders or drills. But that's the only thing that sometimes I don't do because I don't want to be that weirdo that's at the dog park like right. doing weird things. Just sitting sitting around and looking weird and looking awkward. Yeah, no, that's not a good look. Well, she's not sitting around. I think that's the point. No, she's definitely not. <laughs> She's not trying to be that. Person. Um, and I and yeah, and I don't strength train every day. I usually only go to the gym to do um, strength work like three times a week. So you you hit on a couple topics there that that we want to dive deeper into with the show in the future. We uh, nutrition. I think this was a good a good a good blog post that scratched the surface, and we hope to have a uh, nutritionist on the, on the show in the near future, and also some strength training. Uh, you know, you were doing lunges. 
Um, in this article, you, you described doing some lunges, and uh, I think that that's a critical piece to uh, to being uh, you know a runner is the strength training. And we have a professional who we, we're going to bring on in the future. Uh, one of one of my buddies who who does some strength training with me. Uh, so those will t- be topics that we uh, tackle here in the future, and uh, so look forward to having those two guests on. So Joanna, you're out in Seattle now. I am. I'm in the Emerald City. You're, you're on vacation. I'm on vacation for the first time in a long time. First time in a long time. So are you taking a vacation from your running too? No, never take a vacation from running. Vacation running is actually in some ways better than regular running because you get to be in a new place and you get to explore new trails, and new routes. And I learned Washington, D.C. by going on runs and getting lost. And that's how I like to explore new places as well, just going on runs and just seeing how things connect and then getting lost and figuring it all out. Yeah, I agree. Some of my favorite runs are when I'm on vacation and finding new and really cool trails or, or routes to run. Did you find any cool trails, routes to run since you've been out there? I did, yeah. So um, the first day that I was here, I got here um, kind of in like the early afternoon on Tuesday. So I went straight to my friend's house, and then I just like um, went downtown to, there's a sweet feet, and I they have like a group run. So I went in a group run with them, which is just around downtown. It was just like three miles, just kind of orient myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but then... This morning, I went to Discovery Park, which is, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's like the Rock Creek of Seattle, because it's not, but it's, it's like Rock Creek in that you're in this amazing park that you would, like, you'd never think you were in a city, because it just looks so remote. Um, so that's where I ran this morning, which is awesome. It's all, like, dirt trails, and you're, you're running along water, and there's beaches. It's, un- it's unbelievable. It's so really, it's just the coolest thing ever. How how did you find those that place to run, or or even both of those places? Um, so I always do research before I go somewhere. So I looked up online to see what running stores were in Seattle and who did group runs. Um, so that's how I found the Fleet Beat Run. And then luckily, my friend who I'm staying with, we used to live together, and she also runs. So she was able to kind of tell me like what her routes are. She's she doesn't do like a lot of mileage, but she just kind of gave me a starting point. And then from there, I was able to just, like, add on on my own. So I'll look at a map and I'll, like, look at how trails connect and then figure out, like, how long I want to run for and where I want to go for or go to and then just go on a run. Now and Discover- Discovery-, Discovery Park is also a lot of people post Instagram pictures of it. So I also follow people that live in Seattle on Instagram. And so I see, like, where their pictures are. And I'm like, oh, I want to go to that place. How do I get there? Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned uh, it's a great way to see – the city. Were you able to do runs where you saw the? I don't know what's in what's in Seattle docks. Is it the Space Needle? The Space Needle. I don't know. I know the Seattle, yeah. Seattle Seahawks play there. What else? Brooks is there. I know that. Mm-hmm. Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Nirvana is <laughs> not there anymore. Uh, no, they're not. Yeah, oh, right. I didn't, I'm sorry. Didn't see Nirvana. No, that's um, true. Well, Seattle is a really big city. DC is so small compared to I think anything on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I'm kind of limited in that I can't see the whole city in one run. Um, so I've been going on smaller runs around the city, and you can go over bridges where you have great vantage points to see the skyline. So um, the other day I was r- running in um, Queen Anne, which is a neighborhood that has humongous hill. But when you get to the top of the hill, you can see um, you can see the Space Needle and all of the skyline, and then you can see like across Puget Sound. So I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's really gorgeous. 
Now, Docs and I were also curious, did you go to the fish market and do that in addition to your running? I did. So yesterday I went to Pike's Market and I spent probably two hours there just wandering around. There's so many vendors and there's the street level, which has um, most of the food and all the fish and the flowers. But then there's also like three levels that go down into the ground that also have a ton of other vendors as well. So there's so much to see there. Now, do they, they allow you to throw the fish or catch the fish? Docks. I think out, they throw here. it to you and you catch. Oh, so they throw it to you and you catch. Is it like mm-hmm. the 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 slimy, scaly fish, or do they like wrap it up and? No, have you it have scaled? a wrap. Okay, it is the, it is the full fish, uh, head and all, head and tail and all, and and the scales are on it. But you would have uh, something to to protect your delicate skin <laughs> to catch it with. Okay, now did you participate in a fish throw or catch, Joanna? You know, I didn't, and now I feel like I missed out on an important <laughs> Seattle experience. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've been to Seattle and visited Brooks and great city, uh, but I don't know if I ever did the whole fish experience. I don't know what they call it. It's called the fish experience. <laughs> yeah. but, the, but there's some serious hardcore fishermen down there, uh, and they make a real show out of it. And um, I wouldn't recommend running down there because it's really crowded. Because uh, you might after, get hit by a fish. <laughs> after a run, maybe it's something to check out or something to do. I, I have a question um, about your tourism, not about your running. When you were okay. in the Seattle-Tacoma airport, did you happen to check out the Pearl Jam art exhibit that's currently on display? Oh, I'm, I'm really missing a lot. I didn't know that there was a Pearl Jam art exhibit in the Seattle airport, mm-hmm. so I, I, I missed out on that. But, but I, I'm, luckily, I'm... Don't worry, I didn't know either. <laughs> well, when I fly home, I'll be sure to check it out. Yeah, I, I would recommend it. If I happen to be in the Seattle-Tacoma airport, I would look at it. Now, Docs is a big Eddie Vedder guy mm-hmm. for the listeners and for Joanna's knowledge, too. I don't know wh- why you need to know that, but... If you want to, you know, play a game of get to know your guest, William E. Docks is a big Pearl Jam guy. Yeah. Huge. He goes to all the concerts and everything. And, um, yeah, they've, they've done uh, about a million concerts, and I've been to all of them. <laughs> did, did one of their guys... Did one of their Was one of their guys getting into running? Yeah, uh, their guitarist, Mike McCready, he does like a, a half marathon each year uh, on a charity team. And he was, like, during one tour, he was posting out pictures of, like, him running. Or he had a video of him running in Central Park uh, where we've run before around the reservoir. Yeah. And, you know, he would always post pictures of his run and everything like that while they're on tour, which I thought was pretty cool. So, Joanna, we got a whole docs to getting uh, Mike on the show. I mean, how <laughs> great of a guess would he be? <laughs> yeah, if you could get – oh, and I also caught uh, Mike McCready's guitar pick at, at the show in Charlottesville. Well, uh, a few years ago, so we have that too. You're 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 this close to getting him on the show, then. You're, you're yeah, you guys are basically best friends. So just yeah, like, yeah, we can make this happen. Yeah, right. well, if you see him uh, <laughs> while you're in Seattle, and it's not too far fetched because I actually saw Eddie Vedder driving his car when I was in Seattle. So, um, although it probably would be far fetched because I believe they're in South America right now. Yeah. Uh, so that would be weird if you saw him in, in Seattle, but maybe on one of your runs, if you see a, a, a tall, skinny guy who looks like he might be a guitarist, he, he might actually be a guitarist. He could be. 
Okay, guys, I have fake news. Awesome. I followed, yeah, I followed through on my promise to get a guest for today. And I will be delivering Rick Wilhelm, who is the head of specialty sales at Brooks Turning. Well, Docs, now the pressure's on for you to get this uh, this guitarist from <laughs> from Pearl Jam. <laughs> well done. Uh, so awesome. Good stuff. Well, we'll take a break. Then we'll be joined next by Rick Wilhelm, VP of Specialty Sales at Brooks Running. And welcome back. We are now happy to be joined from across the country, Docs. We've got uh, Joanna, of course, who's on assignment, and Rick Wilhelm from Brooks. Rick, what's up? Ah, another another fine sunny day out here in in Seattle, but don't tell anybody because uh, the traffic is already bad, and most people think it always rains here. So let's just keep that a secret between us and the listeners. So, so Joanna, you've been out there a couple of days. Everybody says it always rains there. Whenever I've been, it was always nice and sunny as it is now. Uh, has it rained since you've been there, Joanna? I have not seen a drop See? of rain, so I think that's just how Seattle people keep everyone else from moving out there. Any truth to that, you Rick? Know, well, you know, everybody says the people out here in the Northwest are, are nice, and we actually will sit at a stoplight with it red and wait for the walk sign to come on, and there might not be a car or a person or person around so and i've witnessed that it's true <laughs> we're we're nice out here so i think we sometimes though when we do get grumpy we like to blame the rain but we don't really get as much rain as people think it's just the great days and so uh with the rock and roll marathon i bet some of the participants rather have it being maybe a little bit more typical seattle with some uh, overcast and and some uh, light rain but it's supposed to be nice it's supposed to be 80 degrees today out here good good running weather um well good well he rick is the vp of specialty sales i think i got that right is that correct that is correct all yeah, right VP so specialty sales at brooks um but we were just talking about you know good running out there and you 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 are a runner have been a runner Give us some of your background of, of your running history. Well, it's, uh, I'm kind of like a mutt because I've uh, lived in many different places early on, but I really have to say that I grew up from fourth grade on up in Alaska. And my going into my freshman year, I became a runner. And, and my, my father said, hey, go out and become a Harrier. And I had no clue what a Harrier was. What is, what is a Harrier? And I learned that it was a cross-country runner. Harrier was another name. And um, the beauty about growing up in Fairbanks, Alaska, is I think officially we get about 22 and a half hours of sunlight. But when you look at that, it never gets dark. So if you're tired and you don't want to run during the day, we'll take a nap, get up at 1130 at night, and go on a run because <laughs> it's just as light. <laughs> Um, but one of the cha- one of the challenges running up in Alaska, though, during the the summer months, for sure, and even in the winter, I literally would have to sometimes stop a particular direction because there would be a moose in my way. Oh my gosh. And and of course, you know, in the city, you run with traffic, and you you figure that out. You can never figure out what a what a mama moose will do with a calf, and so you would just change your route and decide to go a different direction that day. That's great. Wait, can I ask a question? So do you, did you run with a watch? 
I did at that time. I ran with so, the watch. So when you saw Moose, would you just turn around or would you stop your watch and then turn around? Oh, that's a great question. How anal am I? <laughs> I think I would just let the watch run because I was more concerned about my safety, not about my time. Nice question. <laughs> well, um, I've actually trained up in, in Alaska, and I would say that, that everyone should move to Alaska for the summer months because the, the weather is brilliant. But aren't there like eight tough months to train each year? That, that is true as well. I, I came home from college one, uh, one, you know, sort of the holiday, the, the Christmas break, and I woke up on a Christmas day, and it was 35 below outside. And my, I went on, I think it was a four-miler, and let me tell you, all of my runs in the winter, they were always much faster coming back than going out. <laughs> right. because. Literally, there are just pieces on you that you felt needed to get warm. <laughs> and, and at times you made choices. But, um, yes, while you have the beautiful summer with the 22 and a half hours of sunlight, it does reverse itself out in the winter. And I think officially the sun would come up at 11 a.m., and that would mean it'd be kind of twilight around 9.30 in the morning, and it was back down by 2, two o'clock in, in dark. My, my high school got out at 2.30, and you would run in the hallways, or I, I kind of looked at, you don't run outside when it's 40 below or colder. Right. I think people die in those type of conditions. But, again, it just makes you, you definitely moving down to the, the lower 48, if it's kind of windy and cold and rainy those type of conditions though means nothing to people though that grow up in alaska and, and run so it's all i guess um it makes you a little bit tougher and when you're a kid you don't know anything else though well rick we 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 our crack research staff found out that you were uh the third fastest marathon runner of all time in alaska did you know that? Did you know that uh, that you that you had that uh, esteemed uh, accomplishment? Well, <laughs> that's funny because now 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 where where does my ego play in this? Right. Um, <laughs> I guess I did because you know the running community is is pretty small. Um, most runners know you know the couple degrees of separation. The Alaska running community is even smaller and. Um, so, yes, I, I did know I was there because uh, a friend of mine actually, when that article ran in the, in the paper, um, it's, he sent me the link to it. Um, yeah. So I I'm, did know I was the third fastest. I've, I've been made fun of at times. It's been a good running joke. But, uh, I'll no, that's it. awesome, man. I, I, I'm looking at the article right now, and it's from the Alaska Dispatch News. I don't know if that's the Washington Post of Alaska or not, but... Uh, <laughs> It you did have I mean David Morris was a stud he ran two oh nine and then Jesse Cherry and there's Rick Wellholm uh, uh, two seventeen marathon yeah I was I was uh, fortunate you know it was my debut marathon it was did not take place in Alaska it took place down in Houston but um, yeah it was a, just a good day and I never ran faster but that's okay I have that time. So an, another, um, again, our crack research staff, uh, another fact about you. Uh, were you in the Prefontaine movie as an ex, 
as an extra? Wow, you, your your research team. Yeah. <laughs> no stones unturned. No stones unturned. You know, I keep waiting for my agent to call me and tell me I can get out of the you know the shoe apparel business. But right. maybe maybe your team can get that out. But yes, I was a. Uh, being a runner, um, at the time I was working at Super Jock and Jill here in Seattle, which is only a couple miles away. I think Joanna's going to run Green Lake and go buy it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But um, they needed runners, and I just happened to was am a runner, and, and all of my buddies ran as well. And so when we showed up, it was funny, we showed up for the um, the, the tryout, I guess, or the, the call, and there was literally – except for probably, what, eight of my friends and I, we just showed up ready to run around the track. Everybody else had a portfolio, and they had pictures of themselves. (laughs) They were like real actors. Yes, and we're like, did we mess up? Did we miss something? And we got the call two days later that all of us had made the team. So I was was one of Pre's teammates in the movie Prefontaine, and and it was a fun summer to just hang out with uh, real actors and actresses. Were you you buddies with Rob Cook at the time? I I was and and am, yes, and he was certainly faster than I, but isn't that another UVA guy? Yes, (laughs) that's why we ask. He's uh, He's in the Kai Shai Hall of Fame. Mention in a podcast, uh, Rick. I'm sorry that our our fake fraternity that we have is called Kai Shai, and uh, Rob was part of it. So we're very proud that Rob was uh, in the movie along with you. So that's kind of how we knew that you were in the movie because oh, we revealed our source. Uh, I'm sorry, this, yeah. that was a big mistake. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You know, like I said, the running community is pretty small. There's one or two degrees of separation, and and everything is connected. Um, yeah, I was fortunate to be on a, the local um, club Northwest with Rob. He wow, talk about carrying me on on his ability. But I'll say that Prefontaine summer that was the hardest summer of running I think I ever had. And, and again, I trained for a marathon, but we would do. 5200s just to get one scene correct and wow. you know beauty of Jared Leto did look like a runner but he knew nothing about pace so we would start and he'd just go flying out so the line <laughs> would get stretched and then he couldn't hold that pace so then we would be stepping on each other's toes or heels I guess but that was a hard summer but uh, they loved us loved the teammates because if they said run 50 of them we did it and we also hung out and did nothing for hours after hours, though, is what I learned about the movie world. It's hurry up and wait. So I did. I just did the quick math here. Um, 52-200 seems, you know, like a lot, but it's it's six and a half miles, which is pretty pretty substantial. But were you guys running? Were you running them as fast as you could, or how fast? I mean, or sounds like they were running them as fast as Jared Leto could run. <laughs> That's true. Jared did not make it through the, the, am I allowed to say this? Jared did not make it through his entire movie. We had to use another buddy of mine um, that is uh, a local coach now as his double. But the last probably three weeks of filming, uh, this this guy named John Hill, who went to Washington State, was uh, Jared Leto's double. That's too funny. All right. Well, I was going to ask if you still keep in touch with Jared Leto. Um, (laughs) But if you do, it sounds like now you won't. You, you may have yeah, just been a list, uh, eliminated from the holiday card every year. Well, like I 
like I said, you know, gosh, a couple of degrees of separation in the, in the in the running world. I have one degree of separation from the Oscar world. That's <laughs> true. He didn't invite me to his table though last last fall, last spring. So then, so then he deserves to be outed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yes. So, 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 Rick, you mentioned you were working at uh, Super Jack and Jill uh, back when you you got your uh, movie role. Uh, is that how you got started with Brooks after that working there? Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, I, you know, my my movie role came on the end of my career at Super Jock and Jill. But um, as you plugged UVA, when I got out of UC Irvine in '89, uh, <laughs> I went back to Alaska. <laughs> I went back to Alaska. Wait, for, I'm sorry. Do you have a fake fraternity at at Irvine? A fake fraternity? Like high five? No, we. Wow, no, I did not. <laughs> How do no. I become a member, though? No. We'll, we'll talk later. No, yeah, definitely. Um, but I moved to Seattle in 1990 with with no job and a couple hundred dollars in the bank, and I found a job at Super Jock and Chill at, at the local running store. And lo and behold, boy, as you, as you uh, have stores, Chris, um, it's not just something you do on the afternoons to uh, supplement your, your running career. It was uh, It's a real business, and it became something that I really enjoyed. Um, but after about seven years, knowing people in the industry on the vendor side, I decided I wanted my holidays free and, and decided to be kind of that one level removed from the runner where you have to think about working the day after uh, Thanksgiving. I am not. I get it off being a vendor. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, I started at Brooks in, gosh, it's been a while, 1997 as a – the time we called them tech reps, and now they're our guru program. So I think I was the the second tech rep for Brooks. And how big was Brooks at the time? Well, we were probably close to losing more money than making money, but we were, I don't know, back at that time, we were uh, probably $50, $60 million in revenue. And that compares to what now? Uh, we broke the back in May. We broke um, of, of a year ago during our hundredth birthday. We had a, we rolled over five hundred million dollars, so we're half uh, a billion. That's that's incredible. So this tech rep position for for those people who don't know, it's it's a, it's an entry level position that you guys still have at the company. It's called it's called a guru. Um, what was your progression from there? What were your next jobs at Brooks? Yeah, I started, um, you know, as, as I went around working with, with uh, as, as a tech rep, I became um, a sales manager for the, the company. And then um, just the progression inside our own building, we have a director level, so I became director of the specialty uh, sales, and then I became a VP, I guess, back in 06, but... You know, sometimes I think Brooks gives out VPs like titles like banks do, so don't think anything of that title. It just means I've been here for a while. <laughs> right. <laughs> to me, it seems like Brooks has got this unique culture and keeps guys like you for a while. Kind of elaborate on that. You know, one of our, uh, I guess it's our, our model, what we stand for is, is run happy. And... For us, you know, running means so many different things to different people. And if you're an elite athlete, you can though have a good run, and you just know when you when that run was 
it just felt right and you kind of finish up and you have a smile on your face and then for others though a run means that they wanted to lose 10 pounds and they lose 10 pounds or it's just running with their friends after work uh like like the two of you trying to figure out do i run when it's really hot or just kind of hot <laughs> exactly um and and so that's where at, at brooks i just felt it we're centered on the run that's all we do when i started we did a lot of other stuff but um running though i, I you know did i make it as a professional runner no, um, two seventeen, two eighteen marathoners. You got to continue to work, but um, running has become a career for me, and that's what I love so much about it. I, I get, I have friends in the industry. All we're trying to do is promote running, and I was going to say healthy living, but you know, there's sometimes beers involved, but it's it's all <laughs> fun, right? <laughs> well, that's just carbo loading, so that's fine. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Um, so that's why, you know, Brooks is, I, I believe, so unique is um, just the, the personality of the brand is, is just about the run and what it can mean to people's lives. And that's why we enjoy working with specialty stores because you guys do it as well in your own community. And, and again, you, the stores do it a maybe a little bit differently, but the way you connect is you can see the smile on your customers' faces. So is is most of your business done with stores like Pacers Running, specialty running stores? It's um, close to fifty percent mm -hmm. here here in the states, and uh, you know the evolution of, of Brooks. We were we we've gone bankrupt. We we just turned a hundred last May, and so now we're in our second century. And if you look through the time. I, uh, Brooks has gone bankrupt a couple of times. When I joined Brooks, we had a lot of revenue outside of uh, with, with products that wasn't in the running category, mm -hmm. but it wasn't very profitable. And so we got rid of all of that, and we just focused on the run. So at one point, our revenue with just especially with, with stores like yourselves, Chris, was over 75% of our business. Wow. And, uh, again, as running is uh, infiltrated, you know, you run if you're a soccer player. You run if you're a football player. Now, at times, I think, you know, running is, what did I, what did I hear uh, Nick Simmons say? Running is other people's, uh, is other sports punishment. Right. But, uh, you know, for those that do enjoy the run, you, you can enjoy it for even your other activities. And that's what's so uh what's special about it but yes we're we're just under 50 percent of our revenue now is done at um in in the specialty channel so you, you your title says vp of specialty sales so is that what does your department do do you does your department just work on this specialty channel uh we do and so like the you know we have uh we use independent sales reps out on the field and again for those that aren't uh you know, know what the whole sales rep force is. There's some of uh, some of our competitors have in-house where the, the the sales reps are actual employees, and then we use basically contracted employees for our sales reps. And they obviously there are they're the ones that show our you know the footwear and apparel to our our dealers, and then help make sure they're selling through correctly and helping with the marketing. But um, also. I oversee our sales reps, and then I oversee the accounts, including the marketing elements of it, making sure everything is trying to run smoothly, even though 
that's not always the case. So uh, at, at the risk of, of uh, everybody in the community rolling their eyes uh, <laughs> at my ignorant question, what, what exactly is specialty sales? That, that's a great so, yeah, how, how do we define specialty sales? It's um, what we call specialty running stores. And so where most, where you are all about the run at the end of the day is, is what a specialty uh, running store is, connected to the community and uh, merchandise around the run. Yeah, and so it's, it's stores like, like ours, Doc. So guys like Doc's who doesn't, who, who is just a... Uh, uh, a guy who doesn't work in the store may not may not understand it. And these guys from Brooks, I mean, they are all about the run, and uh, they did just turn a hundred, but they also are about having fun too, uh, because that hundredth birthday party was one of the be- uh, one of the best parties I've been to, and you guys went all out. So that you know that that is another thing that defines Brooks for sure. Um, we, we uh, you know, you, you work hard. We like to play hard as, as well. And <laughs> I think just to add on to the, um, the, the specialty run part, I think when somebody starts to run and they know that runner in their place where they work, they go, where, where do I go to find out more information about product? You know, it's usually that local specialty running store is what's named. If you want to join a training group, you get a hold of your specialty running store. Um, if you've had a running injury and need some advice on maybe picking the right right equipment, the right product, you go to a specialty run, running store. So, Rick, switching gears real quick here. Everybody knows who Warren Buffett is, uh, but a lot of people don't know his association with your brand. Explain that for us. Yeah, we... Um so when I started at Brooks, we were owned by a, by a private equity group, and after five years, four or five years, they sold us, and uh, Russell bought us. Russell Athletic bought us, and then they were purchased at one point, a couple of years later, by uh, Fruit of the Loom, and Fruit of the Loom is a Berkshire Hathaway company. And a couple of years ago, so we actually, Brooks Forest reported in Through the Loom, and a couple of years ago, our CEO, Jim Weber, got a voicemail, got a call from Warren Buffett, and Warren could, I guess, in his own words, see the writing on the wall that we were going to have some success, and he always likes to get credit for when things are successful. <laughs> so he... He asked uh, he asked Jim if it was okay if we reported directly to uh, to Warren instead of through uh, through the loom. And boy, oh boy, that was two years ago. It's great to hear Jim Weber tell a story because Warren Buffett called on a Friday night of a holiday weekend, and Jim didn't check his voicemail until that Monday or Tuesday morning. <laughs> <laughs> so he made Warren wait over the weekend, which is great. Right? Big time. I think he was. I think he was panicked that his, he made his boss wait, a Warren Buffett wait. But um, it's been huge. Um, yes, yeah, so we uh, are a Berkshire Hathaway company, and they truly let their brands run themselves. And uh, it's just another testament of the people at Brooks because Warren Buffett invests in companies that are all about the people, and uh, he then lets the managers run, run each business on their own. Didn't Brooks make a, sh- a special shoe for Warren Buffett at one point, though? The, uh, 
we we did, and it's um, we actually at the shareholders meeting in May we sell a, a, a special makeup as we call it for for uh, Berkshire shareholders. And this past one, I believe we used the glycerin, but there's this caricature of Warren in the shoe, and it's uh, for some of the runners at the shareholders meeting. They they love it because they get to run in it. Others collect it as a as a souvenir from the meeting. Um, that's a that's a good guy to be a big champion of your brand. That's awesome, uh, for sure. Uh, you guys also do a lot of things here in D.C., uh, you know, big supporter of Pacers running, but also are the main sponsors of the Marine Corps Marathon. Um, what does that relationship mean to Brooks? We were, uh, I was actually, you know, I was trying to have my crack research team do some uh, <laughs> Some, some investigative reporting. We were just—I was just trying to figure out today um, when we when we started that um, our, our relationship with the Marine Corps. I want to say maybe 2003, 2002, mm-hmm. but it means a lot to us because when you look at the Marine Corps Marathon, that's the People's Marathon, and that particular race really just embodies, I guess, the spirit of the run. It's not about being the fastest at that race. And um, that's why we appreciate it so much, just the way their tagline works. It's the People's Marathon. Um, you know, some marathons, some of the some of the other major marathons are won with times of 208, 207, and I believe this one is run around the 220, 215 mark. So yeah. I love it. It just feels more like it's for everybody and not just the elite, and that's what we we love about that race. And I hear also that you, you might be are – you, are you training for Marine Corps? Well, you know – because of the relationship, I have at times an opportunity to get a race number. Right. Now, to train for a marathon, you might have to start running a little bit more distance. And, and I've not started that, but I have a race number. It's the 40th anniversary of, of Marine Corps. That's right. It's a big, big event um, this year. Um, we had, I still have pint glasses upstairs in the bistro, our, our lunch area, from the 30th anniversary um, that we're still drinking water out of. So <laughs> looking forward to get a 40th anniversary. So it's a, it's a big deal, and it's beautiful course. It will not be hot in the 80s. Right. And so, uh, Plus, I hear I hear there's a huge tailgate party there, right there afterwards. Is. Pacers <laughs> has a huge tailgate party. You'll have to visit that. Uh, that's a that's kind of a big deal for. I mean, obviously, it's a huge deal uh, for for our stores, and we have a a finish line party. Uh, I think we even have better uh, a better location than you guys do at the finish line. But I mean, I'm not. I'm just. I'm just saying we. Uh, we know some people, so uh, yeah, no, we have a good good party afterwards, and it is a huge event for the store. So glad to hear that you're running, or, or potentially potentially running. You have a number. I'm sorry. There's a difference between running it and having a number. Well, well, my goal will be is to if I run the Marine Corps Marathon, which I guess I'm kind of committing to on the air here. <laughs> right. Is I need I need to be able to show up to the tailgate party and be in great form. So yes. that's the speed I'm going to run. That's right. That's good. Is that's is there any risk of uh, moving up on that all-time Alaska marathon list? 
No risk at all. I can guarantee. <laughs> I will guarantee that right now. Yeah, names. We, we're looking at the the names here, and I, I think that uh, Jesse Cherry at two sixteen thirty one. He's probably safe. Well, you, you know, this is not funny. I was just going to say, Chris. You know that I believe the two thousand six Marine Corps Marathon was one of the first times you and I hung out. Yes. Um, Craig, I just paced uh, Dan Sheridan to a. He wanted to run three thirty. I got him three twenty nine fifty seven. By the way. Nice. At mile 18, he told me to get away from him. <laughs> I, probably, I probably ran 35 miles that day because I would run up and run back. I'd get him water. Um, but that day afterwards, we uh, Craig took us to where you guys were looking at your own team yep. and watching the results. That's right. Now, Craig Vanderhoff, who now works at, at Adidas, he was a teammate of Docs and I's back in college. That's ah. right. So he... Uh, yeah, so that I do remember that that day. That was I do believe it was two thousand six. I didn't know that you'd paced Dan Sheridan, who was one of your uh, colleagues there. I didn't know you paced him that day. Yeah, he told me that. Yeah, he wasn't real happy because I was. I it was uh, fortunately for me running. You know, three thirty was an easier right, that right. Less effort than him. <laughs> so. You know, we we feel really strongly about the uh, the industry and specialty running. Now that we've defined specialty running for docs here, thank you. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure you guys really do as well. Uh, in, in that is is that right, Rick? Yeah, look, it, the the title didn't you know specialty running is in my title, so right. I uh, I'm very uh, bullish on the channel and uh, on the future. And just running in, running in general, I mean, we're seeing a lot more runners still coming into the sport. Yeah, it, like, like I was mentioning earlier, it's running is just the center for everybody's healthy lifestyle. Um, and you, you just look at the obesity rates here in the United States, and they're starting to get worse out, outside the U.S. as well. But we have to solve uh, this this crisis around just being getting healthy again and so running is certainly here to stay i also feel it's such a social element around the run um i think i just spent 30 minutes talking about myself and some of my different <laughs> running uh <laughs> career goals and what i've done i mean it, it's just so fun to talk running and even you don't have to know a time. It just uh, there's different adventures that have happened along um, in my life of the run, and so the specialty running industry I, I just see is that center of community, and, and will be that kind of that train station of connecting runners. Um, I've heard of couples that have met at, at different stores, fun run, and now they've been married. Um, People we got we got a kid back. we got a kid actually in our and who's uh, a kid who's named Pace who uh, the couple met at one of our fun runs so that absolutely happens the kid is named Pace because of they met at Pacers so I'm very proud of that yeah story. yeah so absolutely things like that right. yeah so that's that will not change um, I think the shopping element though of of how we behave as as consumers though is changing rapidly. And, you know, I, I believe stores like yourselves, Chris, have are, are, are trying to 
whether it's a pop-up store or just going to where the runner is and, and make it easier to access that community that you're creating, I, I think is a good idea and will, you know, that will continue to evolve. Um, certainly this omni-channel that everybody wants to talk about um, with regards to the Internet um, is, is something that I believe is here to stay. Even in Alaska, I think they have the Internet now. <laughs> that is here to stay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, the, but, you know, because, though, technologies continue to change and evolve and and boy, we all know bad product when we when we're in it, and we also know great product when we're in it. So, because some of our best-selling franchise are always being updated, again, I believe it just creates this uh, a, a situation for um, to to go out, leave the web, and go out and try things on in person, and to just talk about experiences that happen with the run and with product. Well, you guys lead the market. You guys are our top-selling uh, shoe in our store and many specialty running stores across the country. And I agree with you. I think you know things are are changing, and you know guys at Pacers Running and um, you know other stores across the country are doing things differently. And you know, I don't know if anybody else is doing a podcast yet, but you know, we're trying things differently. We're communicating differently. We're trying to go to the runners, like you said, and I think that's really important. Yeah. I believe it is. And look, your first ever podcast from Seattle. Yep. That's new. We're going across the country, across the nation. No doubt. Well, Rick, I really appreciate you, uh, you know, taking the time for the the show. Uh, also appreciate you, um, you know, spending some time with Joanna out there. Hopefully she doesn't pester you too much. Hey. I'm, just, I'm just killing you. <laughs> you know, I'm taking shots from here in Arlington. No, she, she's kidding. asking. She's already asking for more discount. <laughs> that. <laughs> no, it, it's been my pleasure. I hope this isn't the first time you had four people on one of your podcasts where the ratings are really low. Been <laughs> 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 no. pressure there, but, but I appreciate your time as well. How fun! That was a lot of fun. No doubt. All right, that's Rick Wilhelm from Brooks and Joanna. So we'll let them go. Thank you guys for joining us. And we'll take a quick break and be right back. Well, that was awesome. Thank you to uh, again to Rick Wilhelm. Uh, really cool stuff. Um, we even got Kai Shy in there, Joanna. Every episode. Every episode. <laughs> but it's it's great. We don't even have to advertise the brand. You're you're the one who's always bringing it up. It's great. I know. <laughs> I loved how you asked him. Did he have a fake fraternity? Um, I don't know. I guess it's not as uh, mainstream as, as some of us might think. Yeah, um, I guess it's something that only the UVA team felt yeah, they needed. I, I guess so. Felt they needed? Yeah. Well, Careful. Yeah. You're, you're feeling awfully safe 3,000 miles away. <laughs> well, Rob Cook, was a, Rob Cook was one of the best runners to come through UVA, and I, and I knew he was buddies with Rick, and he did that, uh, he did that movie with him. So that was a pretty cool recap of the movie. Throwing Jared Leto under the bus, I thought that was good too. Yeah, awesome. You know, bump him down a notch. He he could use it, no doubt. All right, Joanna, I know you're three thousand miles away, but give us the Clarendon construction update. So even though I am away and my staff is still sending me updates on what is happening in the store, so 
very exciting news. They have finished the second half of the windows on Clarendon Boulevard. So now the store is just bathed in sunlight and it looks gorgeous. That, it, it really does. I mean, that's the, the windows look amazing and um, I can't wait and I don't want to spoil it but I can't wait for your updates in the very near future because I think we're getting close yeah don't because you're always spoiling my certain updates <laughs> sure. well thank you to Chris Daggett for passing on your assistant manager passed on the information because it's very important to get that out mm-hmm. yeah it's it's why we have this segment last Right, exactly. Well, that's why we have the podcast, right? It's for the third <laughs> construction update. That is one of the main reasons. All right, well, guys, uh, I think this was a success broadcasting remotely. Hopefully, the audio, I don't know, maybe Docs can work some magic post production. Hopefully, the audio uh, works out for us. Uh, Joanna, thanks. Yeah, for- and then I can do I can do more on assignment traveling, right? <laughs> right. Well, not paid, unpaid. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but but Joanne, I was going to say you're you're out there, and I I believe you're going to hit Wassell as well. Yes, yeah, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So maybe we'll have uh, some updates of what's going on there on on our next week's show, uh, and on next week's show, we hope to um, you know find a guest. Uh, you know, I. We can never we we you kind of never know with the show. Uh, Rick was just gracious enough to join us last minute, and we're efforting a couple guests, including Sandwich Todd and a, a trainer that I work with, a, a a physical trainer that I work with. So I don't know if anybody's familiar with the the um, Jimmy Kimmel show. Yes. But, but at the end of each show, he he always apologizes to Matt Damon because they <laughs> ran out of time. Yeah. And they didn't have time for him. Right. Um. Is Sandwich Todd turning into the Matt Damon joke? Did I not know this? <laughs> we just again ran out of time. Time for Todd. No, we'll see if we can we can make him happen next week. I, I don't want to steal Jimmy Kimmel's jokes. If yeah. if, if that's what we're doing, I, you know, he's got people. He does. He's a bit bigger show than us. They'll ruin us. All right, Joanna. But we do look forward to you letting us know how uh, the rest of the Seattle trip went next week. Uh, Docs and I will be here in Arlington waiting for your return. Uh, good show, guys. Great show. All right. For William E. Docs and Joanna E. Russo, this is Chris Farley. We will see you next week on Pace the Nation. Looking for a place to land, she said, if you got yourself.